0: Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. The first hour of the Mark K Show starts Now. This is the Markay Show. My name is Markay, Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. I started the show before I turned on my microphone, which is always a little awkward. I'm the only one that can hear myself. Well, and, and the other Josh. That producer. was a really good intro, too. I know. Sorry. Sorry. That's a <laughs> bummer. Uh, what's up? It's Wednesday today. Today is Whatever You Want Wednesday. And on whatever you want Wednesday, what we do is we, typically what we're supposed to do is we're not supposed to do anything. We're not supposed to do anything to set up the program. We're not supposed to do anything to prepare. Uh, we're not supposed to, you know, do, report on anything at all. You, we turn it over to you. You guys, this is your day to call in and say, here's what I heard, or here's what I want to say, or here's what I'm concerned about, or, you know, shut up, Baldy, and let me talk. All those things are things that you can say. Uh, things that you can say today on whatever you want Wednesday. And all you have to do is call us up, 855-765-1045. If you don't want to talk on the phone but you still want to get through, there's there's ways you can do that too. The best way is with our mobile app, uh, which is 104.5 WOKV in the App Store. It doesn't matter if it's the Google Play Store. doesn't matter if it's the uh, the, the iTunes Store, whichever App Store you're using you can have access. The same, we don't. Here's the thing, we don't censor and we don't discriminate. We want, we want Android and iPhone users to be able to be part of this show and to be able to be part of whatever you want Wednesday too. So that's why we, uh, that's why we we pretty much are, are everywhere. Plus, we never know when we're gonna get thrown off. <laughs> we never know what. That's really the oddest reason. We don't know when we're gonna get kicked out of one of these places. So we want to make sure that we're in uh, the other one as well. But now, listen. Before we get to whatever you want Wednesday, and I promise we will. There are a couple of big things. There's a couple of big things that have happened um, that I want to discuss because they're just they're just a little they're a little kooky. First of all, props to you know, well me. Uh, one thing I learned, and again, I'm not just a talk radio host; I'm a talk radio listener. And when I leave, I get my car and I turn on the radio, and Rush Limbaugh is on, and I get to hear uh, what he has to say when he's there, which is great. Um, and and one of the things he's always taught us is if you say something. And then later on, somebody says uh, the same thing or does what you said. You then have to go back and reference that you said it first, and you put a little effect over it so that everybody understands. So, th- so it sounds like you're going back in time to refresh everyone's memory. And I- so, I want to take you back to yesterday, on this show, on the Mark K show. Where I we were talking about AOC and how she's going after Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and how she was having kind of a mental breakdown on her on her um, Instagram. And I had I had this to say about conspiracy theories and the left. What about the conspiracy theories that the Democrats push all the time? Like, oh, President Trump worked hand-in-hand with Vladimir Putin to affect the results of the election in 2016. Yeah, why? What I, about the conspiracy well, theories that the— I said it. It was so good, I said, said it, it twice. twice. Yeah. Let me, let me say really it one more good. time in case you missed it. Uh, no, but, that, you know, when I went on to say that you never hear about those. Nobody ever pulls the Democrats aside and says, hey, by the way, you're pushing these really, really bizarre conspiracy theories. You should be removed from office. Okay, that was yesterday, about 11 o'clock. Yesterday afternoon, around 4, about 3.46 it looked like, uh, there was an article published on PJ Media, the headline of which is, Four Democrat Conspiracy Theorists Who Should Be denounced and this is something that's important to understand and it's something that is that's important to remember when you see these people come out against republicans like uh like like marjorie taylor green who went from being a an unknown freshman congressperson to being probably one of the most prominent republicans in the party right now because the left has painted her as the big target man she is the target Like if you needed if you needed some hand towels and a big screen TV and some Charmin, you would go to Marjorie Taylor Greene because she's the target for the Democrat Party. And she has in the past um, posted things online and said things in real life and taken positions that could be construed or are being construed as the by the Democrats as conspiracy theories. So she's got to go. She got to go. Ted Cruz, a much more prominent Republican who has been Senator of Texas for I don't even know how long, has been uh, you know attacking Democrats in in uh, Senate committees for you know as equally as long. He's been um, um, I mean a staunch advocate for President Trump and was a very very uh, admirable presidential candidate himself against President Trump in 2016, making it all the way to like third, third or fourth um, in the primary. So Ted Cruz is is no schlub. He also. Is, is targeted by AOC and a bunch of other wackos and saying they're saying he needs to get out because he's pushing this conspiracy theory of, of, of voter fraud, which is not true. What he's doing is he's saying there were problems with the electors in four or five states and those four or five states, those electoral votes should have been objected to by pretty much everyone. We we don't think that the uh, that the legislatures changed the rules appropriately. In fact, we know they didn't. It was the secretary of state or it was a judge or it was even just the Democratic Party, you know, canvassing in, in Pennsylvania who said, hey, here's what we're going to do with mail and ballots. So he effectively wanted to object to those votes and make a, um, you know, make a case for it as the Constitution stipulates, as is laid out in the Constitution of the United States of America. That makes him, though, a a crazy, kooky conspiracy theorist. He's got to go. So this article came out for Democrat conspiracy theorists who should be denounced because it's important for us to remember that there are conspiracy theorists on both sides and that typically when a Democrat is a conspiracy theorist and the theory that they're pushing turns out to be not true, they don't accept it, they don't buy it, and a lot of them get promoted because of it. They get to keep fighting. Adam Schiff is a perfect example of this. Adam Schiff woke up every single day to push Russian collusion. And he led the fight to impeach Donald Trump with no witnesses, with no evidence, with no, I mean, really, even the evidence he had wasn't strong enough. He had to make it up as he went along. Do you, we all remember now how he was, they were tried to censure him because he was, he was, uh, going, going off script. When reading the actual transcript of the phone call because the actual transcript wasn't damaging at all. So he tried to make it more damaging himself. So but he's still there and he's still prominently. Uh, he's got a prominent role in the Democratic Party and in the House of Representatives. How? Doesn't matter if you're a Democrat and you push a conspiracy theory and it turns out not to be true. You just get to continue. To, you're like, well, obviously, we didn't push it hard enough. We got to keep going. Um, so here's four of them. Representative Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters' status as a kook is hardly a secret. This is from P.J. Media. As Larry Elder recently wrote, Waters falsely blames President Ronald Reagan's CIA for playing a major role in the urban crack cocaine epidemic. Waters even wrote a foreword for a book called Dark Alliance that made this sensational claim. But Maxine Waters has dabbled in many other conspiracy theories. Back in July, she shocked MSNBC's Joy Reid by floating the bizarre conspiracy theory that Trump sending federal agents to Portland to control the riots was, quote, a trial run by President Trump who may be organizing to not accept what happens when we have the election if he's not elected. Basically, she said Donald Trump sending the troops to Portland to protect the federal uh, courthouse was his trial run. It was like a test. You know, it was like practice for what's going to happen if he doesn't win the election. He can just send the troops out to uh, to the Capitol building or wherever and take over. As we know, that's not the case. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, famed squad member AOC, is also no stranger to absurd conspiracy theories. Last year, she claimed the Republican Party's goal was to dismantle our democracy, our institutions, and our republic. But more recently... She floated the absurd conspiracy theory that Republican members of Congress gave, quote, suspicious tours of the Capitol the day before the riot took place. She wasn't alone in pushing this conspiracy theory either. 30 members of Congress submitted a letter to the House Sergeant at Arms and the Capitol Police to request an investigation into alleged suspicious tours. They actually I don't know if it was AOC, but it was someone else called them reconnaissance missions. For the white supremacist insurrectionists and all these new junior uh, congresspeople who were in Congress for the first time and had a bunch of their constituents come up for the January 6th mostly peaceful protest and the speech by Donald Trump offered tours. They offer tours because that's what you do for your constituents. They always tell you, if you want a tour of this place, you call your congressperson. If you want a tour of that place, call a congressperson. Want to go to the inaugural ball? You got to, you got to go through your congressperson. So they're giving tours. But then after, after the riots, after what happened on January 6th, after people stormed the Capitol, AOC and a bunch of other Democrat congresspeople called them, called them suspicious tours and reconnaissance missions. And that that still that never got debunked, and these people are still allowed to go to work, and no one's asking for their. Removal. Nancy Pelosi. Reports of mail collection boxes being removed nationwide prompted a national uproar. Nancy Pelosi accused President Trump of trying to sabotage the 2020 election. President Trump is openly working to destroy the post office and sabotage its ability to deliver absentee ballots in time to be counted. But photos of uh, collection boxes in piles were not voter suppression. The photo of collection boxes represents a a particularly dangerous form of misinformation. They weren't in a dump. They were being operated by a company called Hartford Finishing, which regularly refurbishes mailboxes for the Postal Service. These mailboxes were being repaired. They weren't being collected and taken away so you couldn't mail in your ballot. And then, of course, we already went into it, but the number one conspiracy theorist who's still a prominent Democrat congressperson is Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff, Schiff's greatest conspiracy theory crime was his repeated insistence that he had personally, do you remember this? Personally seen evidence of collusion between President Trump, his campaign, and Russia. No evidence actually existed. Schiff lied and used his position as the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee to to perpetuate the conspiracy theory to undermine Trump's presidency. Not only did Adam Schiff perpetuate a conspiracy theory but he used his position as a prominent democrat to create it eight five five seven six five one oh four five but uh but all the republicans are the conspiracy theorists and they all need to be um uh They all need to be removed from office. Just remember, if a Democrat's threatening a Republican of something, it's probably because they're guilty of the same thing and they don't want you to find out. 855 765 1045. Quick break. We'll get to some of your phone calls here in just a minute. Stay tuned. It's the Markay Show. We'll be right back. Mm 765 1045 that's our number if you're uh, trying to get through 855-765-1045 um, and it is whatever you want wednesday which means whatever you want to talk about that's what we're going to talk about today uh my my opinions and desires be damned it's all about you we're going to start today with Susie in middleburg good morning Susie. how are you i'm good mark how are you doing i'm doing really well thank you so much for asking Susie. what's going on what's on your mind today what do you want to say on this whatever you want wednesday Guess what day it is. What? It's Trump Day. <laughs> hey. that was great. That was a good one. That was, that was really, really good. It's <laughs> my new favorite sound effect. You know, we're trying to modernize the show. This, yeah, is, this really. is like old school. Ding, yeah. But this is how the kids do it. <laughs> <laughs> 855-765-1045 uh, is our number. Steven in Texas. Steven, thanks so much for calling the Marques show. How's it going, my man? Hey, Mark. How you doing, bud? Oh, doing really well. What's up? It's whatever you want Wednesday today. What do you want to say? Man, I got to start asking about some executive orders. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like up to 37 now. Uh,
1: I mean, it's starting to get unconstitutional at this point, Mark. I heard we were, uh, pushing, you,
0: I, I heard we were pushing 50. I was like 42 on Friday Um, I lost track after that. But unconstitutional, technically, no. But I mean, he can sign it. He can sign executive orders every day for the next four years. It's just eventually, A, you're going to run out of things to order people to do. And B, they're very it's a very weak form of legislating. And that's, I think, what's being lost on a lot of people. Most executive orders that that come through either are forgotten or are challenged in court. In fact, as soon as Joe Biden signs these orders, there are challengers, especially to the ones that negatively affect people. I mean, if you look at the Keystone XL pipeline being shut down, for example, arbitrarily just by – and think about this. This did not come – with any kind of well let's be honest it did because it's joe biden but this didn't come with any kind of input from the transportation uh, authority or uh, any of the fossil fuels didn't come they didn't even talk to canada about it you know in canada losing a bunch of jobs as well and not really happy about it um they didn't talk to any of the border states or provinces that would be affected and would of course lose jobs they didn't talk to anyone in the energy industry um they just you know they basically talked to a couple of environmentalists in the congress AOC, Bernie Sanders, and, uh, and they shut it down. And, oh, maybe they also talked to Warren Buffett a little bit. I don't know. I don't have confirmation on that, but I have heard, I have heard the rumors. So it's an arbitrary unilateral thing that Joe Biden did to appease a handful of people at the expense of, well, millions of Americans who supposedly voted for the guy. Uh, so it's going to be challenged in court. And the best thing about court challenges is the Supreme Court has the final say. We saw that with the quote unquote Muslim ban, which was actually a ban on terrorists entering the country. But the Democrats like to paint it as a Muslim ban because that feeds into the narrative that Trump is xenophobic. If he's saying, look, I hate terrorists. I want to keep them out of the country. People can get behind that. If you say, no, the president hates Muslims. He wants to keep them out of the country because he's a xenophobic racist. That's an easier sell to people. Um, but anyway, that was upheld. By the Supreme Court. That's why it was still in place when Joe Biden came in and he signed his executive order, uh, you know, doing away with it. So all these things are going to be challenged in court. A lot of them are going to get all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. um, And hopefully, hopefully the judges that are there, the justices that were put in place, three of them by President Trump, will issue their opinions the way that they should based on the Constitution of the United States of America. Sometimes. They get a little skeered. Sometimes they get a little squittish. What do you call it? Squirmish? Squeamish? That's the word I'm looking for. They, just, they don't like to do what they're supposed to do because they're afraid that, oh, I don't know, people will riot, which isn't their concern. They shouldn't be concerned as to how people react to their decisions. They need to be concerned that their decisions are based solely on the Constitution. People behaving badly, that's not their job. That's what the police are for. 855-765-1045. Well, in the cities that still have police quick break more whatever you want wednesday oh and we have we have some old school comments from jen pisaki you're not going to want to miss you're also not going to believe them actually you may stay tuned that's all next this is the Marquet Show. 855, I'm in the right place. Thank God. Sometimes I get, sometimes I wander in another studio and I go, wait a minute, where? And then they're like, you're two doors down. 855 uh, 765 is our number. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five is our number. And uh, it is whatever you want Wednesday today, which means whatever you want to talk about, we will talk about. However, <laughs> there's a couple more things I want to mention. And one of them is... Got one of them, you know what, we should probably, why don't we start with Ron DeSantis? Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. I'll tell you what, this guy to me is, uh, and I've lived in a lot of different states, I've lived under a lot of different governors, but Ron DeSantis is more, he's not just a governor, Ron DeSantis is like a super governor. Like he should have his own, he should have his own superhero theme song whenever he walks into a room or whenever he does something. Oh yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, like that, like. Ron DeSantis, super governor. And then, you know, -ah! because that's what he is. I mean, this guy is not just a governor. He He goes above and beyond what your typical governor would do to make your life and your state way better than it is. And, in fact, he steps in when the federal government fails to act. When the feds won't help, there's one man to call. Ron DeSantis, super governor. And that's basically that's basically kind of uh, how I look at him. And what he's doing right now is he's taking on the biggest villains that we have, not just in this country, but we have anywhere uh, in the world. And that is that is the that is the uh, big tech social media operation, Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, all these people that are deep platforming conservatives. He has made a huge move like this is this is a massive move. And it's the first time anyone's done anything like this in the country at the federal level or at the state level to go after big tech the way that they need to be uh, to be gone after the way that they need to be reined in. If you will, AOC wants to rein in conservative media on television. Duran DeSantis wants to rein in these monopolistic liberal social media companies that are deplatforming people. Left, right, and center, and he he has this whole thing that he announced. But here's the here's the big stuff. He was on Tucker Carlson last night talking about what this does. Listen carefully because this is fantastic.
2: Okay, we're going to do three different uh, things. One is protect Floridians' data privacy from big tech, which is oh. a huge issue, as you said. Protect big tech from interfering in an election, and that may mean you displa- you deplatform a candidate you don't like. Uh, two guesses as to which type of candidate big tech wouldn't like. Uh, But it also means uh, uh, doing the algorithms in a way that will suppress stories or accelerate them to benefit a candidate. That's effectively an in-kind contribution.
0: So here's Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, saying, hey, look, we need to stop censorship by big tech. If somebody's running for office, whether it's in Florida whether it's nationally for president or Senate or whatever it is, you cannot have big tech censoring or deplatforming them. And that happened a lot. It happened in Georgia with, uh, with Sonny Perdue and Kelly Leffler. Their sites were taken offline. Facebook refused to run their advertising right up until election day. In fact, they cut off all election ads. Uh, I think starting October, whatever it was, but they specifically targeted conservatives to deplatform. We all saw what happened with Donald Trump's Twitter account um you know right after right after January 6th and how that got shut down arbitrarily for him leaving putting out a video saying hey you you please go home in peace we need to be peaceful and that was too much that was the straw that broke the camel's back for Twitter so now Ron DeSantis is going after them and he's saying we need not only are we protecting people from uh, you know from protecting their 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 personal information but we're protecting them from losing Everything because Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey or Jeff Bezos or Tim Cook just has a different political viewpoint. And then the
2: general protections for deplatforming users. And what we're allowing people to do is bring civil suits under the Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Statute and Anti-Fraud Statute, and also allowing the state attorney general to do that as well if big tech is not applying their terms of service in a, in a coherent and principled way, which they almost never do.
0: Uh, if they're not, it's okay if you have terms of service. It's okay if you outline what would constitute deplatforming or account termination, but you have to be consistent. Meaning you can't take Donald Trump's account down, but leave Ayatollah's up. You can't say, hey, New York Post, this story about Hunter Biden, we're not going to let that go. But these stories about Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner and, and, you know, who else? Uh, Melania. We're going to let those fly willy nilly because we want that negative information out there. It's the negative information about our guy, about Joe Biden and his son. We don't want any of that so we're going to suppress that new york post story even though the new york post was perfectly i mean there was no qualm in what they reported their story was 100% accurate it was investigated it was uh, you know it was uh, looked at by editors and uh, to uh, to my knowledge nobody from joe biden's camp has come forward to to dispute or argue in court that they are lying or libelous or slanderous or whatever like i like i said i'm not a lawyer so this is really important but It it goes far beyond just having your account canceled. And this is why you and I need to worry about this. Well, we don't because Ron DeSantis is our super governor. But this is something that I think a lot of people don't understand. The stuff that happens outside of just social media that big tech can and is doing and will continue to do if left unchecked. And it's not just being banned from Twitter or
2: something. As we've seen, these, these companies can act. They can collude. They can deny you, if you're a small business, of payment processing, uh, the ability to use email and text. So what, you go to a rally that they don't like or you engage in wrong think, and all of a sudden your flower business is decapitated for for a month because they take action.
0: Yeah, and this is happening. This happened, first of all, to Donald Trump. You remember his Shopify store. Every piece of Trump merchandise, whether it was a, a, a bumper sticker or a steak or or whether it was a polo that said Mar-a-Lago Resort, every shop that he had on Shopify, which is the platform that allows you to, to sell stuff online, was shut down arbitrarily. So they had to go out and rebuild their entire business from scratch. Stripe, which is a payment processor, shut them down arbitrarily so they have to go figure out a new way to collect money. They're no longer allowing Donald Trump to raise money with their platform. They're going after Republicans fundraising. The ability to fundraise online is so important to every politician, especially in this day and age. And if you have if you have a liberal company that is in charge of raising the money or collecting the money and charging the credit cards and depositing it into your bank, and then all of a sudden that payment processor says, "Oh, you're a conservative, I'm sorry. We only we only allow Democrats to use our platform. Then you're SOL. You're out of luck. Look what happened with Parler. Their entire business was shut down. Not just on the internet level, but not they were taken out of the app store. People were refusing to to let you download the app because they didn't like what it said. And this is a big problem. Well, Ron DeSantis is going after these people. What is Ron DeSantis, super governor, doing? He wrote, there will be mandatory opt-outs from big tech's content filters, a solution to tech censorship first proposed by Breitbart News in 2018. This is from Breitbart News, by the way. A private right of action for Floridian citizens against tech companies that violate this condition, meaning as Floridians, we will be able to sue big tech. This goes around Article Two Thirty. Uh, this is something that has is necessary to get these companies to fall in line. This is my favorite: fines of one hundred thousand dollars per day, levied on tech companies that suspend candidates for elected office in Florida from their platforms. So when Ron DeSantis runs for governor in uh, three more years. When Marco Rubio runs for Senate in two years, when any number of Donald Trump, MAGA-loving conservative Republicans runs for a congressional seat uh, by some uber-liberal Democrat so that they can take over the House of Representatives, if any one of those candidates is deplatformed, shut out, or refused service by Facebook or Twitter or or LinkedIn or Google or any of these people – they will be fined 100,000 dollars a day by the state of Florida until that person's platform is is uh, put back up and their accounts have been re-verified. This is an incredible there's more to it. Greater transparency, power of the Florida Attorney General to bring cases against tech companies that violate the conditions under the unfair and deceptive practices act. Uh, what he said there about these kinds of suppressions of information being in kind donations, it's true. If you are Twitter and you don't let a negative story about Hunter Biden and in turn Joe Biden be populated and passed around your platform, you are making an in-kind contribution uh, to the Biden campaign. And that's something that needs to be halted um, or at least done on a fair basis for, for any candidate of any party. This is really, I mean, Ron DeSantis is changing the world. It's not, it starts here in Florida, but this is the first legislation of its kind. It's something that has to be done. It's something no one else was able to do. And once Florida does it, and they'll be able to do it, they'll be able to do it, it's going to go to Georgia and Alabama and Texas. And then it's going to get picked up by the Dakotas and the Carolinas. And it's going to go all the way across the country. It's going to make its way to the federal court. And then probably other countries will be doing something similar. And Ron DeSantis will have effectively saved the world from these big tech tyrants. That's why we call him Ron DeSantis Super Governor. Join us next week when Ron DeSantis Super Governor takes on the Kraken. No, not the Cindy Powell one, the real one that pulls ships down into the ocean. If anyone can do it, it's Super Governor Ron DeSantis. Quick break, 855-765-1045 is our number more of the Marquet Show next. Seven six five one zero four five. Neil Simmons uh, dropped a super chat on us on YouTube. He said, I wish we had a super governor in Washington State. Instead, <laughs> we have Adolf Inslee. <laughs> you know, and maybe one day we'll all have a super governor in the form of a super president. Um, we had one before. You know, we might get one. We might get one again. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five is our number. Eight five five seven six five. 765 104.5. Let's get to the uh, let's get to a couple more phone calls here because it is whatever you want Wednesday today, and we've got James in Alabama. How you doing, James? Thanks so much for calling the Marques Show.
1: Good. How you doing? Oh, doing hey, great. Uh, I just had, I had a couple questions real quick. One, what do you think with the Keystone Pipeline and all the fracking that uh, the sniffer and chief in office has decided to stop? That uh, what do you think it's going to do for the economy? And then. Also, have you heard anything about what B, uh, Mr. Buttigieg is wanting to do about getting rid of the gas tax and putting something like an Easy Pass in your car, and then that's how you pay your taxes on your uh, what you drove as far as mileage was?
0: Oh, I haven't. I haven't heard that part. Is that one of his? Uh, is that one of his first directives as Secretary of Transportation?
1: That's one of the things being floated around as far as the ideas that he's wanting to do is get rid of the gas tax and put something like an Easy Pass in, but it tracks your mileage the entire year, and then you I don't know if I don't, I, do, I couldn't understand whether you pay a monthly tax or a yearly tax on it.
0: Yeah, what that a couple of things and James, that's a great point. Listen, whenever uh, Democrats talk about transferring taxes, what they're actually talking about is adding a tax. So they're not going to get rid of fuel taxes at all. You're still going to be paying taxes on gas, but they're going to do that additional tax. And they're going to say they're going to they're going to say we're going to get rid of one tax. But the one thing Democrats don't do is ever not collect money from you when they can. And if they've been collecting money from you, they're never going to. They're like, look, you're already paying this. You might as well keep paying it. Um, but they will be happy, happy to add a second tax, which is a tra a transportation tax in the form of how far you drive. I would I wouldn't that would not surprise me one little bit. I'll be 100 percent honest with you for them to track your mileage, track where you go too. I mean, no, let's let, let's not you know, forget it. if you're putting a mileage tracker on someone's car. You don't just know how far they've driven. You know exactly where they're headed. You know, when they've gone to the Trump rally. You know when they've gone uh, to the to the gun range. You know when they're driving around the backwoods, just you know looking for for deer or whatever. Um, so that's that's pretty easy to track too. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if if they had more taxes um planned for all these little all these departments that are popping in. As far as the Keystone Pipeline goes, look, anytime jobs are lost, it's bad for the economy. Uh, one hundred percent. If you lose if you take away work, then what you're doing is first of all those people aren't going to have any money to put into the economy. I mean, you're talking about economic stimulus. Let's stimulate the economy. We need to get stimulus checks out there. We need to give people $1,400 or $2,000 or whatever it is. We need to give people this money to stimulate the economy. Oh, and by the way, we're getting rid of tens of thousands of jobs. That's that's stupid, basically. (laughs) That's what it is. You should create jobs, and if you can't create jobs, give people money to stimulate the economy. But you should not in this kind of economic turmoil – Uh, be taking jobs away from anyone, especially if the new jobs aren't ready. And that's, you know, that's the other thing. They're always saying, well, look, we're not we're not taking the jobs away. We're transferring them to clean energy. Fine. When the clean energy jobs are available, then transfer. Why don't you do that? Why don't you say instead of canceling the uh, Keystone XL pipeline and, and and really, I mean, it's a serious threat, not just to those jobs, but to the economies of entire states. Like Albu- like uh, New Mexico, which, as we, we constantly say, energy is their number one priority, and it's going to have an adverse effect on everything in that state, law enforcement and schools and everything else. So, you know, if you're doing that, then go ahead and just go to the XL uh, pipeline workers, the pipe fitters, and say, hey, look, we have a windmill factory. We're opening it up. You can get hired today, $5 more an hour You don't have to work. You know, it's not as dangerous the conditions. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. I've never built a windmill myself, but, you know, then try to entice them over instead of forcing them out of work, telling them to wait, what, three, four, five years. When are these clean jobs going to be available? Six, 10 years. And then say, hey, 10 years later, 10 years later, we'll give you another job. And in the meantime, we'll just keep funneling stimulus money at you and working up the deficit. None of it makes sense. And, and and, you know, the more that you question it, the more I talk about it, the more I realize it's really it's I mean, it's always bad for the economy when jobs are down. That's why every month we look at the jobs report. That's why it's so important to see how many new jobs were created, because it's money that people take home and spend. It's tax money that goes into the government that the government can spend. And if you have people paying income tax, you don't need to tax how far they're driving. Hey, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More Markay Show on the way. Stay tuned. This is the Markay Show. My name is Markay, and today is Whatever You Want Wednesday. <laughs> Very excited here eight five five seven six five one zero four five is our number eight five five seven six five one zero four five if you're trying to get through operators are standing by which is very exciting uh, before we get before we get to that I do want to play one more thing that's making the rounds is this old clip from Jen Psaki she's the new press secretary. And or I guess we should call her press secretary. Um, But anyway, she's a lot of people have been like, where is she from? How did she get here? Why does she circle back? You know, like, can we get Kaylee McEnany back? All that all that stuff that the answer, by the way, is no. Uh, But basically what's happening with her is you've you've got her. She's an old Obama communications person and she's back for more with uh, Obama 3.0, which is Joe Biden and and, uh, his first term. And, And what they're now doing is they're going back and they're digging up clips from her, not just from her days with Obama, but also on the campaign trail. And I don't know if you remember this, but before but this was way back before Joe Biden even had the nomination. This was in the primaries. And Joe Biden in the primaries, he was doing this LGBQT plus table with Anderson Cooper. And we. This is when he made the joke, he said, you know, when I came out, and he meant when I came out in in favor of this or that, the other, and they, they all laughed because it was an LGBTQ event and he was talking about coming out. And then he said this, which was a very, at the time, a very interesting and weirdly placed comment. Which made headlines because again he wasn't the president, he wasn't even the candidate, he was still Joe Biden, uh, the primary contestant. Listen to what he said. Remember Anderson back 15, 20 years ago? We talked about this in in, in San Francisco. It's all about well, you know, gay 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 bathhouses and every. It's all about round-the-clock sex. It's all. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. By the way, you never want to say come on, man, uh, when you're talking about gay bathhouses. Uh, but that's what he, he was out there saying, gay, gay, gay bathhouses. It was about all, all, all around the clock. Sec- come on, man. You remember, right, Anderson? And Anderson Cooper's got this look on his face like, I don't know what you're talking about, old man, but please don't drag me into this. And then afterward, Jake Tapper had a round table to discuss the event. And guess who was a member? Jen Psaki. And Jen Psaki, it was asked, you know, flat out, what uh, what do we make of this comment? Joe Biden talking about gay, gay, gay bathhouses and and round, what was it? Was it round the clock? President Biden. Oh, wait, hold on. I missed the uh, I got the Joe. But yeah, here's Joe Biden one more time. Let me just make sure I get I don't want to misquote him. You know, gay, gay, gay bathhouses and everybody. It's all about round the clock sex. It's all come on. man. Yeah. Yeah. Round the clock sex. It's all come on, man. Which is <laughs> again horrible thing, horrible way to end that sentence. Anyway, so Jen Psaki was asked by Jake Tapper, "What's going on here? What's he saying?" And here is what the current press secretary said about her current boss, Joe Biden.
3: Yeah, look, there have been a number of moments where even those
1: of
0: us who have affection for Vice President Biden think, "What on earth is happening right now?" So she's sitting there thinking, like the rest of the world, "What on earth?" is happening here right now what is going on yet she sits back and not only not only aids and abets it but helps him get over it and tries to turn the table. This is a comment that you know, and there's a lot of these Joe Biden gaffes. If you uh, don't vote for me, you ain't black. You know, Kalanchuk Ferganishnigafaglay or whatever it was he said. I mean, there's tons and tons of them. You know, poor kids are just as uh, you know smart as white kids. All these gaffes that have come along through the Joe Biden primary years and the, and then then of course the uh, the campaign against Donald Trump. And here she is going, yeah, you know, we are all well aware of what happens. We know this problem. And this is one of those moments where you're just like, what in the world is he talking about? But you bite your tongue, and you collect your paycheck, and you go out there, and you try to explain it away. And here she is trying to explain away that comment.
3: Part of his appeal is right. that he says things that your
0: uncle says, and people feel comfortable with him, and it's a return to normalcy. So, yes, that was a weird comment. I'm not sure it's going to impact him in the in the long run. And apparently it didn't. <laughs> apparently it didn't, because now he's president of the United States. But she says, it's a, she chalks it up to it being a weird comment. And him saying things that your uncle would—is that what she's said? Your uncle would say that. Heal is right. that he
3: says things that your uncle
0: says. And people- I, my uncle has never said uh, gay, gay, gay bathhouse and round the clock sex. And come on, man, I mean, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of uncle she has, but that's not, that's not something I've ever heard my uncle say. Well, you know, gay, gay, gay bathhouses and everybody—it's all about round the clock sex. It's all. Come on, man. I, you know what my uncle says? My uncle says pull my finger. That's like one of my uncle's big things. Is Joe Biden going to say that next time? Is it going to be at like, you know, some big summit and Vladimir Putin's going to walk in and be like, hey, Putin, pull my finger. Putin, get it. Gay, gay, gay bathhouse. What you got those here, right? OK, good. I mean, is that what's going to happen? That could potentially happen. And what's Jen Psaki going to say about it? Oh, there's you know, it's it's just Joe Biden being like your uncle. He's just like, you know how uncles are when they get together. Is he going to is he? gonna? I imagine he's going to walk into one of these summits and and Chairman Z is going to come out or or Angela Merkel or somebody. And he's going to introduce himself as Jill Biden's husband, because that's what he does. That's his favorite thing. Remember, on the campaign trail, like, hey, I'm Jill Biden's husband, Joe Biden. <laughs> You're like, what in the world? First, we thought he was saying Joe Biden's husband uh, because he kind of mumbles it. But this is this is the guy who's in charge of our foreign policy. This is the guy whose own staff, the, the mouthpiece, the communications office and the communications officers and the press secretary herself have admitted he says a lot of things where we're just like, what in the what? in the, Basically, she's thinking, what the hell did he just say? But she can't admit that. Unfortunately, she did. During the primary, part of his appeal is right. that he says things that your uncle says and- I wouldn't want my uncle being the leader of the free world either that's all i'm saying uh eight, also my uncle's Canadian, so he wouldn't be able to um eight five five seven six five one oh four five all right let's get to uh let's get back to the phones because we have a lot of people that have been waiting. This is Tim in Tennessee Hi, Tim. how are you Hey, I'm good how are you Oh doing great Tim what's going on, man? What you want to say? Well, I was going to talk about the constitution of the United States you know I mean
3: um Pelosi, Biden, and everybody up there that thinks they, oh, I'm so over that. But anyway, if they say they're protecting the Constitution of the United States. You know, the First Amendment says, the First Amendment actually says to protect the freedom of the speech. You know, yeah. and, um, and, the, and they pretty much stop the freedom of speech.
0: Look, Tim, the real easy way to look at it is that the, the, there's two constitutions. There's the one that the Democrats look at. Right? It's the same. OK, it's the same constitution. But the two different parties look at it very different ways. The Republicans look at it as rights and freedoms granted to all Americans. And they need to be protected. And when you go to um when you go to, to Washington, D.C., as a Republican, you look at it, you swear no to and you say, OK, Anything that goes against any one of these principles, these bills of rights or these amendments to the Constitution, anything that is unconstitutional, I've got to fight against. So if they bring in something and I think that the Constitution, there's no way that can be allowed by the Constitution. I've got to vote against it. I've got to fight hard to make sure people know this is wrong. I've got to debate it with my with my peers. Again, you think it's cut and dry, but it's not. There's different interpretations as to the constitutionality of something. The Democrats see it as kind of a a large speed bump, you know, that they have to get over. How do or drive around? How do we get around these pesky amendments? How do we drive over the Bill of Rights to get people to stay home from church? How do we how do we get people to not protest when it's something we don't want them to protest? What are the ways we can limit? what the actual Constitution guarantees Americans. How can we do that? So the, the Republicans see it as a, 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 um, a guiding, principled outline to how government should be run, and the Democrats see it as a big, stinking problem. And we've got to either figure out how to get rid of it, and if we can't get rid of it, we've got to get around it. And that's, that's basically how they look at it. So don't go by, you're looking at their Constitution with a conservative eye. You've got to look at it with a Democrat's eye. And that'll start. That's that's how you understand um, why these laws and these debates and these things that they're trying to do. um, That's what that's why they get done. That's why they're so big on executive orders, you know, because if they had to go by the Constitution, no way any of this stuff would pass. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. Quick break. More. Mark K show. Come up. This is the Markay Show. My name is Markay, 855-765-1045. And if you're listening on the radio or our mobile app, be luck to consider yourself lucky because Josh has been rambling uh, to the streaming uh, to, to the yeah. stream people for the last like five minutes. Good stuff. Um 855-765. <laughs> is it? 855765. Uh one oh four five is our number. We got uh Hannah said Tom is very interesting, but first we have to go to Kirsten in Texas. We'll get to you in uh just a minute. I mean everyone's interesting, but Tom and Hannah really hit it off apparently. Kirsten, yeah. thanks so much for calling. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Oh uh, doing really well, doing really well. What's going on, Kirsten? What'd you want to say?
3: So yeah, so I'm going to throw this back at you on whatever you want Wednesday. So oh, yeah. I got a couple things.
0: Yeah, it's whatever uh, you want Wednesday today. So whatever you want to talk about, I, I have no control.
3: And, and 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 it's whatever you want, too. Oh, so nice. Mike Lindell, the Newsmax. Oh, I'm, um, I'm sorry. I don't, I want, to, do I don't that, want to talk about that.
0: I'm sorry. I'm just. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'm totally kidding. That was a joke because I said it's. Never no, been.
3: I just. I, the, the way the anchor responded was just hilarious. It just was hilarious. It's either that or AOC. How did this woman go from being a bartender to being the Democrats' darling? And and with her last stunt on Instagram, uh, I think this job is just too much for her. Yeah. I think she needs to step down.
0: No, that's what. And I mentioned that today t- yesterday. I said, look, what what you're doing with Instagram and with your it shows that you're you're damaged in a way, and you need to get you really need to step away and get some help. As far as the Mike Lindell thing, for those of you that don't know, what happened yesterday was, and I forget, is it Bob Sellers? Is that the guy's in the anchor? Uh so Newsmax, they have a show called American Agenda, and they invited Mike Lindell on, and they wanted to talk about um censorship. Mike Lindell from MyPillow. You may have heard last week Twitter took down his personal account for good permanently and then took down his business account for MyPillow. And here is uh here's what happened when they got him on American Agenda to talk about it. Hang on, let
1: me hit the button. So well, what happened What what happened with your Twitter account and the uh, company page Well first mine was taken down because we have all the election fraud with these Dominion machines. We have a 100% proof and then I when they took it down uh, Okay.
0: So he starts talking about Twitter and he la- and he launches into the voting machines and Dominion software and all these other, uh, you know, uh, election problems, and they Bob Sellers starts to cut him off and try to reel him back in. So he talks strictly about the Twitter censorship. Uh, Mike, ago, Mike, and I, then I put it back up. My personal, I put it. It was a Mike. Uh, thank you very much,
1: Mike. Yeah. Mike, I, you're talking about machines uh, that that we at Newsmax have not been able to verify any of uh, <laughs> okay. those kinds of allegations. We uh, just want to let people know uh, that there's uh, nothing subtle. Substantive that we've seen. And let me read you something. There. OK,
0: so then, so what's happening now. Bob Sellers is going back and reigning in Mike Lindell. And he's saying, look, we don't have substantive information because I'm sure uh, Dominion software has has threatened as they have Mike Lindell. They've threatened Sidney Powell, Mike Lindell, Giuliani, Newsmax, Fox News, Maria Bartiromo. They've I mean, they're threatening billion dollar lawsuits against all these people. And so Newsmax and Bob Sellers, I assume, are trying to. Uh, Keep it, you know, on the up and up. Keep the legal so they don't get targeted by Dominion. And Mike Lindell just doesn't care. (laughs) Mike Mike Lindell, he's got a point to make. And you you brought him on the show. So he's going to he's going to make his point. So he continues. Would you make an argument
1: that this could be a temporary banning rather than permanent? No, I want it to be a permanent because you know what? They did this because I'm revealing all the evidence on Friday of all the election problems with these machines. So I'm sorry if you okay. think it's not Okay, uh, Mike real. I, I, can I producer. ask
0: our producers can we uh, get out of here please? Uh, so then so then this guy Bob Sellers is like, "Look, producers, we got to we got to get out of here. We got to do something because Mike Lindell uh, continues to say, "Yeah, I want this to be a permanent Twitter ban. I, on Friday I've got all this evidence. I'm going to get it out there." And it's not the topic that Bob Sellers wants to continue with. So Bob Sellers He gets up and he leaves. Uh, I I don't want to have to keep going over this. We at Newsmax have not been able to verify any of those allegations. Mike, uh, hold on a second. Everybody, everybody,
1: hold on on a second. Mike, Mike, hold on one second. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about just what is happening overall
0: in terms of censorship.
1: Cancel out my company and myself in this country. It's cancel culture.
0: And ironically, while he's talking about cancel culture and censorship, Bob Sellers tries to censor. him. (laughs) So this is this was a bad look. And everybody on Twitter. I mean, this was this was huge on Twitter yesterday. I started seeing Newsmax trending this, this and that. And people are like, look, you're falling in line with what everyone else is doing. Um, and so that, and that's that's the saga. That's what was going on. It looks like that these Dominion software lawsuits are having an effect on the news media. It's having an effect on some of these conservatives who feel threatened, uh, who feel threatened by the impact of a potential billion dollar litigation. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Quick break. Good question, Kirsten. Tom, stay tuned. We're gonna get to you here in just a minute. I promise. The Marcasia. We'll be right back. Here I come to say the day, Rhonda Santas is on the way. <laughs> okay, that does, maybe that does sound a little bit, I mean, that, he doesn't have the superhero voice, but he's got the swagger, and that's all, uh, that's all that matters. Eight five five seven six five 765 All right, uh, Hannah's in the other room today, she's been, um, she's been our phone screener, and she's been really enamored with this guy, Tom in Daytona. She's like, wow, he's so interesting, and the things he says are just, like mind-blowing. So, uh, Tom, a lot of pressure on you, buddy. What's up, man? How are you? <laughs> hey, Mark. Hey, love the show, buddy. Great oh. job. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're right. He is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, Tom. What's, your, what's on your mind with this whatever you want
1: Wednesday? All right. Hey, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. What I wanted to share with you was uh, yourself and several others have said, I don't quite understand what Biden is doing. And I know that's a little bit of a rhetorical comment. I mean, you do understand what he's doing, but it it's kind of that, that, that concept that's out there. And what, I'm, what, what I haven't heard people really talk about is there are so many people like Bidens and Pelosi's and many others who want this one-world government. Yeah. But in order to, in order to have a one-world government, you have to be able to get the economies of the world all on the same playing field. You can't have the United States with a very strong economy and then have other third-world countries struggling. You have to get everybody in the same playing field. Therefore, in order to have one-world government and have one-world monetary system, they already have the one-world court. Uh, you got, you got to, uh, you got to spend to the point where our, our, uh, debt, our national debt becomes astronomically impossible to repay. It just, you know, numerically, you just can't repay it once you get up in the trillions and trillions. And I know Hannah had mentioned when she was in college, what, four years ago, there was, uh, we were at 17 trillion. Well, now we're, now we're way beyond that. So my guess is with Biden wanting to tear down all these border walls, wanting to spend beyond belief and basically bankrupt us, is to get us all in this world on a one monetary system. And yeah. like Milton Friedman said back in the 50s, if the United States sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. Yeah, no, that's true. And that's true. Yeah. So uh, if we if we if we collapse our economy, we're on our way towards what some of these elite want, which is a one world government.
0: Tom, that first of all very interesting. Uh bravo. And I learned a lot from that phone call. First of all, I learned that Hannah went to college, which I didn't know. Um, But but you learned a lot about it while you were on hold. No, listen, and you, you have a good point. The problem is, though, that it's not just bringing our economy down or collapsing our economy so that we can have a one world order. Because there are other countries who are just waiting around to take advantage of that, like China. China is not anywhere near where we are in the in the you know, as far as um, economic collapse or, you know, this ridiculous spending that they can't that they can't afford or that they can't rein in. So if the companies or if the other countries collapse or if Biden pushes us to the breaking point, it's more of a Chinese takeover than it is a one world economy. And then you have uh, you have the, uh, you know, Asia basically ruining ruining or ruling or both the entire world.
1: Correct. And, and that's the interesting part of this whole chess match between all these different nations and all these different leaders is who is going to be in charge of the one world government. Yeah. But, and and are we, you know,
0: it, it, so it's here. oh, oh, sorry. I, I put him on hold. Tommy's still there. Oh, no. What happened? Tommy. Oh, I'm sorry. W- wrap it up. What, you, what was your last thing there? So, Tom, I missed it.
1: No, I am just saying that that to me is the interesting part of how this is all going to play out is yeah. who is going to be on top of that one world government.
0: Well and Tom and thanks so much for calling listen the The difference is and you pointed out brilliantly is that Donald Trump and Ronald Reagan and a bunch of other uh you know notable presidents they played to win um the, the i mean you're looking at a game of risk is what you're looking at this global domination as far as the economics goes we're not looking to invade other countries but they they played to win, and I think you have a great point there that Biden and the Democrats a lot of the times they play to lose. At the uh, at the rate they're willing to lose, they want to lose slowly and they want people to pretend that they're playing to win um, when really they're not. They're just they're in there trying. To, it's like when you go play poker and you go with a buddy, but you don't tell anyone that they're your buddy and you guys play together. And then you split the winnings, which is you know, it's a w- great way to get your your butt whooped um, by the other guys in the game when they find out the truth. But that's basically it seems like what Joe Biden and the Democrats may be doing. They're playing to lose slowly so that China can come in and be the big winner. And that's dangerous for everybody, uh, not just us, but every other country in the world, uh, because communism, as we all know, never, ever, ever works. 855-765-1045 is our number. This is Alex in Massachusetts. How you doing, Alex? Thanks so much for calling. What's up, man? What would you want to say? Hi, Mark. Um, Hi, Alex. I'm good. Uh, what I basically want to talk about is
3: what I do not understand and what really grinds my gears is that yesterday, I found out that Joe Biden signed an executive order to make two 24 million plus illegal immigrants to be have citizenship. Now, the, what really grounds my gears is why is that we American people are doing what we can to survive and to the global pandemic and everything, but yet these them elitists are favoring these
0: illegals than us americans who are hurting right now uh yeah listen i hadn't heard that they i mean i don't don't think they're just getting citizenship maybe a path to citizenship like i said i'm a little behind on my 52 executive orders um it looks like yesterday he signed an executive order on restoring faith in our legal immigration systems and strengthening integration and inclusion efforts For new Americans by the authority vested in me as president by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, it is hereby ordered as follows. Over 40 million foreign-born individuals live in the United States today. Millions more Americans have immigrants in their families or ancestry, and it goes on and on and on. Essential workers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'll have to roll through it, but what, what they're trying to do is get a path to citizenship for millions of illegal immigrants, dreamers, whatever you want to call them. And the reason is because they feel incorrectly, I might add that by giving somebody citizenship, uh, giving them membership in the very exclusive club of United States of America, that they will win their unending support politically forever. They think that if they allow 10 million or 9 million or 11 million or 24 million illegal immigrants to become citizens just like that, that they will get their votes instantly and always, and they'll be able to crush, crush the Republican Party For years to come, what they don't realize is that immigrants, illegal immigrants, are not stupid. They're not dumb. They're not like brainless pawns that will just do whatever you say. They're coming to America for a reason. They're coming to America because they want freedom—the freedom to think, to act, to work, to pray, to vote the way they want to. They're not looking to live under a dictatorship. They're not looking to live live under one party rule. They want to build businesses. They want to not pay taxes They want or pay taxes but not exorbitant taxes. They want to become millionaires and billionaires. There's tons of people on their way to this country right now breaking the law who want to be not just the next me or the next Josh or the next Hannah or the next you. They want to be the next Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. They want – they've got big dreams and they know they can only make them happen here. Those kinds of people, they don't vote. For Democrats, when they sit and talk and learn the difference between the Democrat Party and the Republican Party, between Donald Trump's Republican Party and Mitt Romney's Republican Party, they go for Donald Trump nine times out of ten. The reason Donald Trump had so much Hispanic voter support here in Florida and in Texas and along the border, the reason that Joe Biden saw a huge decline in immigrant support was because he's pushing socialism. And the majority of immigrants come from socialist countries and they're leaving for a reason. Why would you leave Venezuela to come to New Venezuela? It doesn't make any sense. You just stay in old Venezuela. So this is something that they again are, are wrong about. But they believe it's a it's a way for them it's like it's like the District of Columbia becoming a state. Oh, they can get two more liberal senators. Really? Are you sure that every senator that comes out of the District of Columbia is gonna be a liberal or Puerto Rico? The Puerto Rican governor endorsed Donald Trump for president. Are you sure that you're going to get two more? It's, it's a very, I'm going to be, it's a very egomaniacal way to think, but you know, what would you expect? Hey, yeah, uh, the great call, great question, 855-765-1045. Stay tuned. We got, we'll squeeze in a few more phone calls. Whatever you want Wednesday continues right after this. <laughs> the Marcia. show. We'll be right back. <laughs> It is the Marquis Show. My name's Marquet, 855 765 1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. Josh, ask Alyssa if this is her address or if this is like from some company because Alyssa, we either need get... Instagram me or address. No, can you just ask her off the air? Oh. Yeah. Okay, never yeah, mind. Alyssa, let us know your address because we want to me your address. We want to send you something. <laughs> off the uh, air. All right, real quick, let's see who we've got to get a couple more of these in here. Uh, real quick. This is uh Daniel in Utah. Daniel, thank you so much for calling the Show. How are you? I'm great, Ken. It's a pleasure to
3: finally talk to you. I Occasionally, will do Super Chats and, uh, online oh, to the YouTube channel. So oh, great. We're, well, thanks I for said. watching us
0: on YouTube, and thanks so much for uh, calling in today. What's on your mind? What did you want to say today, Daniel?
3: Yeah, so uh, I believe I'm hearing theories online that basically that there's two constitutions and two presidents right now. So basically, Donald Trump is still president, and Joe Biden
0: is supposedly president. But the act of eighteen seventy one that sound familiar to you at all i've read so I saw something about that I'm in a lot of uh I get a lot of d m s from people like every day and I remember seeing something about that and hearing this theory too uh but i haven't had i haven't had five minutes to delve into it. Give us like the bullet points real quick
3: so basically uh there's the constitution the original constitution right. And at eighteen seventy one there was another constitution that basically has taken over that first constitution and then everything changed as of 1913 got and it
0: okay well what we need to do then probably is create a third constitution that then that then clears up the difference between the two
3: yeah, exactly yeah. and i still believe that donald trump is still my president
0: yeah okay all right daniel listen we appreciate that thanks so much for co- i'm gonna I've, i like i have seen that theory a lot so we're gonna i'll look into that and we'll uh, we'll report on that We'll report on that tomorrow. This is Gloria in North Carolina. Hi, Gloria. How are you? Hey
3: there. How are you doing, Mark?
0: Oh, doing great, Gloria. Thanks so much for calling. What did you want to say today, Gloria?
3: Okay, here's my deal. I have dealt with women who have been abused. I've counseled them. And I'm calling AOC a liar on this because if she had really been abused, this would have been a platform of hers from the very beginning. She is using this as a political deal to get some attention. And I admit she is off a rocker. She's been off a rocker. She's been crazy from the very, very beginning saying weird things.
0: Yeah. Uh-
3: this is not. An abuse situation for her saying that, oh, I was closed up in the Capitol and it brought back abuse memories. Uh-uh, no, no, because she's been in lockdown in New York. She could have said that a thousand times. She could have been harping on Trump for umpteen different things
0: down through these last years that she has been doing her yeah. political hacking. No, Gloria. That's that's it. I'm sorry, we're running out of time, but I wanted to uh, look. And I don't know the truth. I don't. I'm not. I'm going to take her word for it. Hopefully, hopefully she's not lying. If she's lying about that for political gain, awful, terrible, horrible. And I don't think she is. You know, or, like I said, I'm not questioning that. What I'm questioning is if that's the case, and she gets jolted back into these these horrible memories, or if what happened at the Capitol is causing her emotional distress. I don't think it's good for her or her constituents or the people from New York or the people here in, in the United States of America, especially those in Texas and Missouri, whose who's elected leadership she's she's outwardly attacking. She may need to just take a break. You know, that may be the best move for her. Step back. Take a break. We can find somebody else. You know, we can there. I'm sure there's another bartender at the bar who's not doing. I mean, they're only at 25 percent capacity. Maybe, you know, maybe the day bartender or you can can come in and take her job for a couple of years. But get yourself, you know, get yourself healthy, get yourself mentally stable so that, you know, you're you're able to deal with these situations and then come back. And, uh say crazy stuff Eight five five seven six five one zero four. 765 104 hey th- what a great day to- thank you everybody we really appreciate it tomorrow is what the bleep uh because it's thursday and then we'll have some uh, fake news we still got two great days this week so be sure to join us tomorrow right here on the mark k show at 10 a.m stay tuned traffic weather news and rush limbaugh's next <laughs>